Carrier into the zone with Howden. Carrier shoots. He scores! A laser from William Carrier. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Connor falling over, guides it toward Carlson. Back to Connor, right wing into the zone. Connor dips through, shooting. He scores! What a move from Paul Connor! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out here inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the game day. Big time action tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights taking on one of the hottest teams. Seriously, one of the hottest teams this week in the National Hockey League in the San Jose Sharks. We're going to tee up this game, game number 15 for the Vegas Golden Knights on the docket later tonight. We'll also discuss some of the fallout from the Edmonton Oilers dropping last night's game in San Jose to the Sharks, you can uh, you can kind of draw your own conclusions as to what you think might happen, should happen with the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to touch on that in hour number one as well. We've got the Michael E. Minden Hockey Parlay Contest coming at you a little bit later on in hour number one. And then we hope to be joined at some point in time in hour number two by Darren Millard. We'll also hear from Bruce Cassidy. We've got one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League, as well as everyone's favorite segment. I know it's my favorite segment because I don't have to talk during it, catching up with Chapman. So all of that over the next two hours, and then I will preempt myself, which is something that I I find to be incredibly funny, on a game day for the VGK pregame intermission and postgame. I'm with you all night. I'm hanging out all night. I'm doing this all night. And on the pregame show, we are going to chat with Derek Englund. We're going to talk a little bit about confidence how important it is in the national hockey league we'll also have lindsey brown with lotus broadcasting on the pregame show as well but let's start off uh real quick here by checking in with chapman early on in the show chapman um were you focused on last night's game between the san jose sharks and the edmonton oilers well i was i was flipping back and forth between the uh avalanche and kraken Mm-hmm. And then when that ended, I was I was all in on the Sharks and the Oilers. <laughs> Why weren't you all in on the Sharks and the Oilers from jump? Well, because I I I thought I, th- I thought that the Kraken and and Avalanche would be a much more entertaining game, and it certainly was. <laughs> now, was it a more did it offer more comedic value? Certainly mm-hmm. not. I mean, that yep. was definitely the Sharks and the Oilers, and oh boy, there's there's a lot to to digest. Maybe maybe. In a good way or a bad way in regards to that one. Well, if nothing else, last night gave you a new drop, and I promise we'll get there because it's a phenomenal, phenomenal drop. It's uh, stuff again from Leon. Let's start with the San Jose Sharks. It's the reason I bring up last night's game. As we mentioned, right, the San Jose Sharks went 0-10-1 to start the year. 0-10-1. It took them until their 12th game of the year. Chapman to finally win a game and they beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Monday this week they weren't particularly good in that game 
like the Philadelphia Flyers, the third period, it was essentially a, a Flyers power play for the entire 20 minutes. Mackenzie Blackwood was out of this world as he was again last night against the Edmonton Oilers. And then San Jose picks up a big win in a game that, that the Oilers had to have. And, and that's something that, you know, I, I think resonates for me is when you've got a team that's got a little bit of confidence, right? When you've got a team like the San Jose Sharks that finally get off the schneid, they finally win a game, you can exhale, you can relax for a moment. All of a sudden, you just kind of feel a little bit better and you start to get some bounces. You're not squeezing the stick, the stick so tightly. And the, the Sharks kind of parlayed that into a victory over Edmonton last night. I, when I watch San Jose play, there's not anything that jumps off the page at me and says... This is a team that's going to give the Golden Knights trouble. There really isn't. They are a collection of players that are, you know, are, are good. Tomas Hurdle certainly one of them. Um, I, I like the addition of Callen, Kalen Addison. Like that is a player to me that will help them specifically on the power play. But there's really not anything there. When you look at the Golden Knights and you think about a, a Vegas team that a doesn't like to lose, b doesn't like to lose multiple games in a row. Like this is not a situation that we're used to seeing the Golden Knights dropping two in a row and you know going into a game where they 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 have to find a win in order to make that 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 skid stop at two games. Like I don't see anything from San Jose. I didn't see anything last night that makes me believe that there's going to be massive issues, massive trouble for the Vegas Golden Knights. But the fact of the matter is, you've got the 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 extremes here. You've got San Jose on a two-game win streak and the Vegas Golden Knights dropping their last two. The confidence is never going to be higher than it is right now for the San Jose Sharks coming into this game. And it's quite the opposite for the Golden Knights. I st they're still a confident team, but you know they want to be able to stop this skid. So in, in that regard, I'm fascinated by this game. I'm yeah. fascinated by whether or not the Golden Knights are going to be able to kind of stop this skid against a confident San Jose team. Yeah, what, what I picked up from watching the Sharks a little bit last night was they get a lot of sticks on pucks. Like, they were really good mm -hmm. at, at that last night and really preventing... It was uh, compete, right? Yeah, like, like they certainly did not play like a team that their season's essentially over already. I, I, mm -hmm. I liked the, what I saw from some of their younger players. I thought William Eklund is a guy who really stood out for me, and I know he's a really, really young kid. I think he's only like 21. Um, but they they have a good mix, as you said, of veterans and young guys. Zetterland is another guy who I thought really stood out to me mm -hmm. last night. But then you have you have some veterans like Mike Hoffman, Mikhail Granlund, Tomas mm -hmm. Hurdle, who you mentioned, and and Anthony Duclair, who Anthony Duclair, who, who yeah. I, I think is is a guy who who has bounced around a little bit, but he's a pretty solid NHL player. Now, I'm not going out and saying that they're a good team, but they didn't play like a team last night that knows that they're not making the playoffs. Like, they played hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe the David Quinn effect, I mean, if you look at their goalie numbers, yeah, they're, they're not good, but when you go into the deep analytics of it, they're actually not as bad as you would expect. Now, I, I, I do think Mackenzie Blackwood is a, a bit better than Capo Kakinen, who will be in net tonight for San mm -hmm. Jose, I would imagine. So the Golden Knights certainly mm -hmm. are getting the weaker of the two goalies, and Kakinen has not been good at all in his time in San Jose. Um, you know, he I, I remember when he was tabbed to be the guy in Minnesota, right? He was supposed to be the, the, the next guy up for them, and it never panned out, and now mm -hmm. he's in San Jose, and 
he's backing up Mackenzie Blackwood, who I certainly know a little bit about when he played in New Jersey. But look, it, the Golden Knights are a far, far superior team. But I don't think they're expecting the San Jose Sharks to come in here and just lay down. No, I, I wouldn't imagine, not based on what you saw last night. They're, they're a team that, you know, last week we were begging for them to compete harder, right? Like that was going to be the big thing. It's, it's not about skill or X's and O's or anything like that. What the San Jose Sharks needed to do after giving up 10 goals in back-to-back games for the first time in forever, right? You were looking for them to compete and compete harder, and I think that's what you saw last night against, against the Edmonton Oilers. The, I don't usually go to this well very much. The Sharks wanted that game more than the Oilers did. Yeah, and and they, and like if you're the Golden Knights, if you're the Golden Knights looking at this game, like you have to come out and want this one a little bit more than the San Jose Sharks do, and and trust in the fact that your team, as banged up as it is right now, has the superior skill, has more depth, and you should use that to your advantage tonight against the Sharks. Yeah, and they mentioned it multiple times in the broadcast last night how Mike Greer, their general mm-hmm. manager, came down from his his office and went into the locker room and basically I, I i we don't know what transpired but it seems like it lit a fire under their under their you know what's and yeah mike greer a guy first time general manager but a well-respected man around the nhl and a guy who who walked into it well let's be honest he walked into a dumpster fire this is a team that's years and years away from from competing for anything let alone a stanley cup so i think you know the the team's responded can they keep it up? I, I I don't know, but good for them that they've won two in a row and certainly pretty funny at one of the victories, which came against a team that I think a lot of Vegas fans have a sour taste about right now. And, and you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny when you, when you think about it. And I know we're going to talk about it in the second segment, but yeah, as far as the Sharks, I mean, look, their, their compete level, as you mentioned, is there. And I noticed they played hard. I mean, look, they, they had a six on four last night and – in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, Nugent Hopkins scored to make it 3-2. Yeah. Almost almost immediately when they pulled um, the goalie, once Skinner went to the bench, it was almost immediate that they scored, and you're like, oh, boy, San Jose has another two and a half minutes of this. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. And then they take the penalty for the trip on the faceoff immediately following the goal, and you're thinking, oh, this is really going to go bad. Yeah. It's going to be six on four, and – it, it, it turned out that they were able to kill that penalty, and you know it, it's it's about compete and and look they they played hard and and I think if you're a Sharks fan, and I don't know how many there are in the Valley. Occasionally, I do see a sticker on a car, but mm-hmm. you got to be happy with the fact that they are playing harder. Yeah, I, I you're absolutely right. If you're a Sharks fan, but we're not concerned too much right here, right now about Sharks fans. We're we're gonna. To attack this from the Golden Knights angle, and as we mentioned, the, the Vegas Golden Knights have dropped their last two games, right? They they were in command in Anaheim, a two-goal lead going to the third period, and then the Anaheim Ducks scored four goals on five shots in the third period to take that one 4-2, to two, handing the Golden Knights their first loss in regulation, and then they followed that up on Wednesday night with a loss 4-1 to one to the Los Angeles Kings. You look at that game, you watch it back, there weren't many chances on either side. Special teams, certainly a big story in that game, and you know for the Golden Knights, I'm, I'm interested to see how the practice yesterday and Bruce Cassidy's work with the the power play specifically, how that translates to tonight's game. Because for me, like 
when you're trying to get out of a skid, when you're trying to to erase uh, a losing streak, so to speak, you you need automatics, right? You need like release valves to a certain extent. And I think the power play for the Golden Knights, though it's been good this year from a numbers perspective, I think you need to have more of that type of quick movement mindset. And it really is a mindset. It's not so much about, you know, the the individual skill of the players. We know how talented the Golden Knights are, especially when it comes to their first unit with the man advantage. You've got Jack Eichel, you've got Mark Stone, you've got Shea Theodore. Uh, You've got a lot of finishing talent on on that, that group of five. But to me, it all comes down to whether or not they're moving the puck a little bit faster. They were working on that yesterday. I'm interested to see how it translates to tonight's game because if the Golden Knights get a couple of power play opportunities, unlike the Edmonton Oilers last night, that's where you've got to finish. That's where you've got to execute at a high level to dispatch a, an opponent that is on their, their second game in as many nights. Yeah, and, and the special teams, I think, the last couple nights have, have been a bit disappointing. I think 5-on-5, five five, the Golden Knights were fine. Mm-hmm. against the LA Kings it was a special team to let them down I think what maybe the most disappointing thing to me and it's not just the last two nights but I think in general when you're watching the game and it doesn't matter if you're a fan of the Golden Knights or any team but when you're on the power play and you take a penalty while you're on the power play yeah like to me that's almost one of those inexcusable things and we saw that happen the other night look they just weren't very good on special teams against the Kings and the Kings took advantage of it they're obviously going to have to be better tonight, and I think they will be because I think they're, they're, it sounds when you listen to Bruce Cassidy that the attention to detail mm-hmm. is certainly something that's been ramped up the last couple days in practice. So Zach Whitecloud um, expected to go tonight. We'll hear from Bruce Cassidy, as we mentioned, in hour number two. Uh, Bruce mentioned that Zach is expected to go, but until we see him out on the ice for warm-up, we'll label him a game-time decision in this, in this spot. But... You know, with Zach coming back, you start to think about the penalty kill specifically because Zach has turned himself into a massive piece of the Golden Knights penalty kill. And when you look at a game against L.A. that was essentially determined on what you were unable to do with the power play and what you couldn't do in preventing the Kings power play from making a couple of plays and putting the puck in the back of the net, I think it's it's a welcome sign to get Zach back into the fold because you don't have to rely so much on Alex Petrangelo and Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez to be your main penalty killers. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see if Zach goes in immediately, mm. right? Because obviously there's going to be some continuity and 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 getting his his legs back under him and it's been, what, two months, it seems like, since he's played. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he got hurt in training camp, and, and he hasn't played since. So I'll be curious to see if he's eased in or if he's just thrown right into the fire. I mean, clearly you want him mm-hmm. out there if he's capable of playing because he is one of your best penalty killers. And, you know, he, he's a leader of, of men when he's out there on the ice, and you could tell that, and you we know that. I think the team knows that. So, um Look, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think he's going to be thrown right back in because I feel like that's the type of player Zach is. Yeah. I think that's what he wants. Like, he wants as much game action as he can get. Like he told us last year, he doesn't play to lose the game. And mm-hmm. if he's out there, he's going to give it his all every single time. So it's a guy who's valuable for a lot of reasons, but his his job when he's out there on special teams, I feel like that's something that, that is a really important part of this team. And... I think he's going to be out there a bit tonight if, if the Golden Knights are on the kill. Do you think the Golden Knights are sick of losing? I think so. 
Yeah. You know, it's, look, it's, it's, it's is that is that ridiculous though? Like no, they've dropped no, two games. Not. They've they've dropped two games in a row. No, right? it, they're eleven. Two and one, and and I'm I'm with you. I think that generally the sense around the team is like we're done with this losing business. Yeah. we don't want to do this anymore. This is a team that had that hadn't dropped points in multiple games, or, mm-hmm. or hadn't gotten points in multiple games going back to January. Yeah, like that's ten months ago. Right, we're eleven months ago. We're in November. So <laughs> this is a team that's a championship mentality. Yeah. I want Mark Stone saying that. I want to hear that from Alex Petrangelo. Those are the guys who who I look to as the vocal leaders of this organization. And when they tell you, yeah, this this sucks, for some teams, they're like, eh, it's only two games. For the Golden Knights, they lose one game they're sick of losing. So to lose two in a row, it's almost unheard of. It's just it's amazing for a team in November, like early November, to just be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't want to do this losing thing anymore. Yeah, it's... I'm just, I'm just over it. Like, have you ever been over something like that in the way the Golden Knights are when it comes to losing? Outside of relationships, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Like, like, I, you, 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 there's certain things in life you just can't put behind you so easily. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I certainly was never a, a anywhere close to being a pro athlete, but even playing youth sports... I hated losing. Yeah. And if I lost a, a, a Little League game or, or a football game, especially football, because you only get one of those a week, it would just stick with me all weekend. I'd be angry on Sunday that yeah. we lost a game on Friday night. So it's, it's, it's as a competitor, I think it's one of those things where you hate to lose. Yeah. Like, you hate it. Like, there's few things in life you hate, but losing is one of them. I've always hated losing, and I like there, – there's nothing that bugs me more than when I see teams, and it doesn't matter the sport, they may get their ass kicked. <laughs> and after the game, they're out there laughing and joking it up with, with other players on the other team. No, they just beat you. Yeah. You can't be out there giggling and having fun. Do that when an hour after the game. Not, okay. like, not like 30 seconds after you got your teeth kicked in. Okay, let me let me ask you another question. Okay, because I think this is fascinating. Because I'm like I'm with you. I think this team hates losing, maybe even more than they like winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that yeah. that is a, a another like championship hallmark, right? Like you despise these moments where you do not come through. You do not find two points. You don't put points in the bank every single game that you go out there. Like I, I genuinely believe that. Let me ask you this though. Have the Golden Knights, pro- like the process, right, how they've been playing. You look at the, the game against um, Anaheim. You look at the game against Los Angeles. Like their 60-minute game, do you think it's improved over maybe where it was against, say, I don't know, Philadelphia and Montreal? Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like I feel I, like they've been better yes, than, than they were that's hockey. In, in those two games. Yeah. But in those two games, their superior talent mm-hmm. shown through. Yep. Uh, look, they're, they're, I think they're more talented than, than Anaheim, but they caught it. They, that could be just a situation where they caught Anaheim at the wrong time. Yeah. I think L.A., the talent level is a little bit closer. I mean, that's a really good team. Like, that's definitely a playoff team and a team that's going to push Vegas, I think, the entire season. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you, 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 you just lose those games. And, you know, the, 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 the goofy deflection off Petrangelo into the net, we, we, we talked about it a bit yesterday. But, yeah. I think it's funny because, yeah, they, they have played better in these last two games than they did against Philadelphia and Montreal. Yeah. But I guess that, like you said, that's hockey. 
it is hockey. It, it, it doesn't make sense sometimes. And, you know, I, I look at, you know, the Golden Knights, and if you would have told me, right, that they have dropped two games in regulation this season, I'd have gone back to Philadelphia and I'd have gone back to Montreal. 100%. I would not have looked at the game that they played against Anaheim in Anaheim or the one that they played on Wednesday night against Los Angeles. As, as razor thin as those margins were, you take special teams out of it. I, I wouldn't have looked at those two games based on how they played, based on how little they gave up, truly how little they gave up, that those would be the games the Golden Knights dropped in regulation. But again, that's hockey. You can't take anything for granted. You have to respect the game, and that's why tonight's matchup against San Jose is so interesting. And I want to get you know, one more idea from you, because it, we're, we're seeing a little bit of a change in terms of the rotation with goaltenders, right? Like, Aiden Hill is going to go tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. He went Wednesday against Los Angeles. Do you read anything into that? Um, Maybe a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we knew going into the season that Aiden Hill was probably I, – I, I think we knew that it wasn't a 1A and 1B situation. Like, I felt like Aiden Hill was the clear-cut number one goalie. Now, I, I certainly think Logan Thompson will have his opportunities – but look, you, you've got an East Coast road trip coming up. You've got a couple games in, in places that that you know are, are you're going to need to play both goalies. No, I don't think it's a situation where where Logan Thompson needs rest. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe you're you're kind of setting up your 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 goaltender situation for that road trip because it's not an easy road trip by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, you're playing a few teams that you should beat, but there's some tough games in there as well. So. I don't read too, too much into it, but I it's one of those things when I heard Bruce today mm-hmm. when when he said that Aiden Hill was, was going to be in that. It, it did catch me a little bit by surprise because I expected to see Logan Thompson tonight. Um, you know, maybe there's something more to it. Maybe there's not. I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, it, it, it did catch me by surprise, but I don't read too, too much into it. I read a little bit into it because we, we've seen the the – We've seen the rotation go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? Like, it's been the last seven or eight games that it's been a strict rotation. And here you you have Aiden Hill coming off of his first regulation loss and Logan Thompson coming off his first regulation loss. And I just I look at Aiden in the way that he played on Wednesday night against Los Angeles. I thought he was really good. And, you know, we kind of highlighted it yesterday, but there weren't any clean moments in the game where the the Kings just beat Aiden, right? Everything was was broken. Everything was off of a of of an unfortunate bounce or a uh you know, just kind of a play that doesn't necessarily happen. Or if you make that play a hundred times, it's not going to bounce or break the way that it did against the Golden Knights and Aiden Hill. And then, you know, you can maybe make the same argument for Logan Thompson's third period against Anaheim, but I would also say that there's there's a level of you know, quietness to Aiden Hill's game and predictability to Aiden Hill's game. And I think that this is a game against San Jose where you're trying to snap that skid where you need to rely on the 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 comfortability, the the predictable nature of what Aiden Hill gives you in net over some of the unpredictable stuff you get from Logan Thompson. I, I think that this was a response to dropping the last two games and wanting to put your best foot forward in terms of what you think can can work against San Jose, and that's Aiden Hill. Or is it a situation where, where Aiden has a sour taste in his mouth and you, you want to get him out there and, and, and have him get a W before you go on the road trip? Do you think that 
like who who has the the more sour taste in their mouth, Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson after their last start? Well, I think it's it's tough to say because I feel like Logan's a, a lot more fiery, and, yeah. and I don't want to say emotional, right? That's not the right word, but but I think you can read his 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 demeanor a bit more. Whereas Aiden is so chill and laid back, where he may not show that it's bugging him, but I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. Like as a competitor, I'm, I'm sure it bothers him. So I'm sure both guys are, are, are pretty peed off about the, the, the last two games. But I think for Aiden Hill, it's m- maybe more important for him to get right back out there and get a win mm-hmm. because he is your number one goalie and you want him having confidence and you want him playing with confidence. So no changes, at least none that we're expecting in the forward groupings for the Vegas Golden Knights. We put a lot of pressure. Wednesday night on Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, and Jonathan Marcheseau to be kind of, uh, you know, the the line that takes on a lot of the responsibility of finding offense um, didn't happen. And you know, you got to give a lot of credit to the Los Angeles Kings, especially when you look at what they have down the middle. And and, and it's an embarrassment of riches with Andre Kopitar and Phil Deneau and Pierre Luc Dubois. Like you, you have some really good players that can clue in on your superstars and shut them down. Um, like, what are you expecting from the forward core tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights? Because to me, this has to be a game where Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, and Jonathan Marcheseau are having multi multi point performances. They have to take this game and take it over. Yeah, I I, I think you're, you're you're right about that. But it's also a game where you you're down two centers, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that Michael Amadio and Brett Howden haven't done a good job when they filled in. Well, okay, but- hold on. Mike Amadio was good against Los Angeles. Yeah, he was. I thought he, I thought he was really good. I mean, Cassidy made it, made it, made it a point to to point out how good he thought Michael Amadio played. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I I think. But that being said, you're still missing two pretty important pieces. So, yeah, the Golden Knights have gotten good play from guys who have filled in, but I still think it's 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 a situation where you do want your best players to rise. To the occasion, look, Barbashev had a goal against Anaheim, and and mm-hmm. and I thought Eichel had an opportunity in, in on the power play in that game to, to to maybe put the game away. But look, I mean, it didn't happen. And yeah, you want those guys to to step up, and and you want them to have big games. You want them to have a bounce back game tonight. You want them to be angry when they take the ice tonight about the last two nights that they have taken the ice, and you want them to take that out on the San Jose Sharks. And and I mean, I feel like it's it's the type of game. Where if they get going early, mm-hmm. it could be a long, long night for San Jose. So, what about William Carlson? Because you know, I I kind of threw out there that because of the offensive year that William Carlson is having right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, that you know, as as much as we love and appreciate what he does on the defensive side of the puck, like. He's been a leader for you. He is the leader in production right now offensively. Like You've got to lump him into that Jack Eichel category just because his play early on puts him there. Are you expecting William Carlson at some point tonight? It doesn't matter when. I, I don't really care. But are you expecting to see William Carlson, Mark Stone, and insert whatever left winger you want to put there as a line combination that Bruce Cassidy looks to spot in in certain situations? It's entirely possible. Um, look, as you mentioned, William Carlson has been, I, I'd say, probably their best player uh, up and down. The, I don't the, think you can argue that. No, like he's got 16 points. He's, mm-hmm. he's plus 11 on the season. Yeah. And those are things that you, you expect or you, you, you want from William Carlson. 
I mean, I don't think anyone's anticipating a, a 43 goal season from him. But if you get 20, 25 goals from William Carlson, you know the assists will be there mm-hmm. with him. So I think it's interesting because Bruce Cassidy has a lot of, of options that he can go with when he's mixing up the lines. I just hope we don't get into a situation where he's mixing up the lines because things aren't working. Did you like Cotter Carlson Dorofiev? I like I like the idea of Dorofiev and Cotter playing together. Yeah. And I love them with the experienced player like William Carlson, a, a guy who wears the A on his on his sweater. Like I, I just think it's 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 good to give those young players someone mm-hmm. that they can feel really confident playing with. I mean, certainly you're not gonna put them with Eichel, but Carlson to me seems like the right fit for those two guys. It's 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 one of those things where they both produce, but they're both stylistically very different players. And I, I think that's a good combination. I think it's a good mix. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Cotter and Dorofiev together. I, 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 there's, there's not enough that I can say so far this season about William Carlson to express how important he has been for this Vegas Golden Knights team. And I, I do believe that if you're going to get yourself right back on track here against the San Jose Sharks. You're going to need your top line going. You're, you're going to need a big game out of Mark Stone. And, you know, however you've got to get there, I, I'm open to playing with some options when it comes to your to your lineup. But all of that can kind of be nullified if the Golden Knights power play picks things up and if they're able to find, you know, one or two power play goals, if they're able to move pucks around, generate chances. Like, those are the things that I'm looking for in this game. Special teams have to be better than they were Wednesday night against the Los Angeles Kings. You need your top line and your best players to carry you through because, as you mentioned, you're down two of your top four centers. That's not an easy thing to be missing from your lineup and just kind of continue to hum along the way that you know the Golden Knights had through the first 11, 12 games of the year. So I'm fascinated by it. I am fascinated by the San Jose Sharks and what they were able to accomplish last night. And I am fascinated by the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to take a break and come back with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and some great observations from last night's loss to the San Jose Sharks. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Friday. You know, Chapman, I, I wanted that to go a little longer. Like, I know we're always kind of harping on you yeah. for these rejoins going on a little bit too long, a beat or two or seven too long. Um, <laughs> you could have played the entire song, yeah. and then we could have just come back in like two and a half minutes. It would have been fantastic. Like that song, Shark Fighter by the Aquabats, there yes. are so many great lines in that song. It's so hard mm-hmm. to pick where to start and where to stop because I, believe me, the thought goes through my mind that I just want to play the whole damn song. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if, if Darren gets angry or whatever, right? Like, I want to play the whole song because <laughs> it's just so good. First of all, tremendous, tremendous band. Yeah, unbelievable. But, like, the song itself, it's so fitting mm-hmm. because we hate the Sharks. Yep. And while they didn't take a girl away from us, <laughs> they may have taken a Stanley Cup away from us. So so that's always going to be in the back of my mind when, when San Jose comes into town. Have you ever noticed, like, every time we bring up not a major, like, Mallard wants to just kind of dismiss that? Gloss over it? Yeah. yeah. You can't. It's weird. Like, we had me and him. The, well, you were out one day last week. I think it was yeah. Halloween, actually. It was Halloween. And um, Rita called in, mm-hmm. and she's still bitter. And I, and I went to bat for Rita. 
Because Darren's like, no, you can't be the Sharks. They stink. And I'm like, you don't get it. You, it doesn't you, make. Yeah. It, like, like he's, he's the hockey guy. He should know. Like he was here, but he wasn't here here. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I know he's aware, but yeah, he, it's not something the fans will ever and should never get over. Like I, I don't listen. I don't care how many Stanley Cups Golden Knights win. Mm-hmm. That's always going to feel like that. That year, it's always going to feel like they were cheated out of greatness. Well, I mean, we could be looking at two banners right now. Right. Exactly. You know, we could be talking about two rings right and, now. And like how that, fun! How fun! That and team was so good. By the way, so deep. We also got screwed out of another Colorado Vegas series. Well, yeah, that too. Like, okay, so here's the thing. If you ever wanted to know where the Golden Knights are with the San Jose Sharks, like, go back to the poll that we did a couple of weeks ago on if you could move the Stanley Cup banner for individual opponents. You were allowed 10 individual opponents that you could move the Stanley Cup banner into a spot where it is visible to the opponent in every facet of the game. Whether you put it right in front of their their bench, I don't know how you do it. I don't know where you put it. But you make it so obnoxiously visual that they have to see it every single time they're on the ice. The San Jose Sharks ran away with that as the the, the final team to vote in there. And there are, like, you know, certain teams, exceptions, whatever. But I think the Golden Knights coming in and winning a Stanley Cup six years into their existence with San Jose, San Jose being around since the, the early 90s, still looking for their first one, like, especially how bitter that rivalry was the first couple of years, like, you want to rub it in as much as you possibly can. Yeah, and, and despite the fact that certain characters from that team are, are no longer with the Sharks, obviously sure. Brett yeah. Burns sticks out in my mind, and, and Evander Kane, Joe Pavelski, yeah. but Joe like, Thornton. Yeah, like, I understand. Look, I love Joe Pavelski as a player, but yeah. I understand why there's there's animosity. I mean, he's a he he. I, I I still will harp back to if that's not Joe Pavelski that gets injured on that play, mm-hmm. I just don't know if the reaction is the same, right? Because Joe Pavelski, beloved player, uh, just a good guy, and you're you're sitting there. Obviously, you don't ever want to see anyone get injured, but when you're in the arena and it's Joe Pavelski. Despite the fact that their fans were throwing trash on the ice in this mm-hmm. spot where Pavelski was laying, yeah, like you, you you can't help to be like, oh my god, this is horrible, regardless of who you're rooting for. But I think there, there's always going to be that that dislike and animosity. And look, is it petty? Sure, yes, sure. But lean that's into what, it. That's what sports are. Like be my, petty. My catching up with Chapman today. Uh-huh. Is about one of the most petty things <laughs> in sports. It, it it's so petty that I had like nobody probably even knows what I'm going to talk about because mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so far away where mm-hmm. it happened. But the pettiness, oh my god! I saw the story and and I was applauding. I'm like, this is incredible. Like this is the type of pettiness that I want to see in American professional sports. Okay, so speaking of petty. It's a great segue into the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Again, a team that the Golden Knights have extensive history with. Uh, Not so much in terms of how many times they've played in the playoffs, but boy, oh boy, you go back to last spring. You go back to that series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers and what the Oilers had done with their power play. It was historic, the best power play that ever existed. And yet, 
the Golden Knights dominated the Oilers in that series 5-on-5. It wasn't particularly close. There were some extracurricular activities that didn't sit well, certainly with Oilers fans, didn't sit well with Golden Knights fans, and ultimately the Golden Knights defeated the Edmonton Oilers in six games and moved on to win their Stanley Cup. But the Edmonton Oilers coming into the season, and this has been really, to me, and we had John Shannon on yesterday, and he talked about this. The Edmonton Oilers came into the season saying, Stanley Cup or bust. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they placed those expectations on themselves. While you look at the construction of the roster, you look at what you know Ken Holland was able to do over the offseason and what he brought in or you know didn't necessarily supplement in the ways that you, you might expect him to supplement a team that was close in the playoffs, but I, I still don't think they were that close to the Vegas Golden Knights and, and what they do. And the Edmonton Oilers race out to a 2-9-1 and one record through their first 12 games. They've got five points, five points on the ledger right now in the season, and they sit uh, nine, eight points back, eight points back of the St. Louis Blues for the second wild card spot this early on in the season. Connor McDavid clearly doesn't look to be 100%. Leon Dreisaitl has been ineffective, and he's been on the on the verge, I'd say, of like getting into the pissy Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Why are you sound- so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? Uh, he's been on the verge of that all season long. And, you know, you had Edmonton going into last night's game against the San Jose Sharks at 2-8-1. and one. The San Jose Sharks were 1-10-1. and one. If San Jose won the game last night in regulation, we would wake up in the standings to the San Jose Sharks and the Edmonton Oilers tied with five points in the standings for 31st and 32nd place in the National Hockey League. So the fact that the Oilers lost last night in a game they had to win in early November tells you a lot about this team. Their underlying numbers aren't that bad. Like, they're generating chances, but... They're not getting saves, they're not defending well, and their scoring isn't outscoring those problems. How do you fix it, Chapman? What do you do? How do you fix the Edmonton Oilers? And, and listen, I'm throwing this out there understanding that the audience we're speaking to doesn't want the Edmonton Oilers to be fixed. Like, I know there were a ton of people last night that tuned into that game not to see if the Edmonton Oilers would, tune, would turn it around. They turned into that game to see the crash. They, turned, they tuned into that game to see the Oilers fall once again in glorious fashion to a team that they have no business losing a game to. So I know where the idea and where people's minds are right now with the Edmonton Oilers, but the fact still remains. You've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, two of the best players in the game right now, wallowing in in just a miserable start how do you turn this around well i know you guys talked the other day about maybe making a move for a goalie mm-hmm. and um they were talking about a little last night on the broadcast about maybe jeremy swayman mm-hmm. i'm not sure boston makes that move unless unless you give up a a star player and when i say it, star player i'm talking you know riot nugent hopkins or no no Evan no no Bouchard, no, no, no. But, no 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 if you're the boston bruins you are diverting from Swayman to Linus Olmark. Yes. And you are asking for Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I would be doing if I'm in Boston's position. But Ryan, like you mentioned, that the numbers aren't that bad, right? They're 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 goals against average. No, no, no. They're underlying numbers, like the, okay, their their scoring chances for their their expected goals for, like all of that is top five in the league. Yeah, but I'm looking at the real numbers, the raw I numbers, hear you. and and when your goals against average is only is second worst in the league, only it's behind a team that gave up 20 goals in, consi- yeah. in, 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 in a combined back-to-back game, they're, 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 they've allowed 50 goals on the season. They've only scored 31. Like, yeah. And I understand you haven't had McDavid for, for some of those games, mm-hmm. but you're, you're minus 19 in goal differential. Again, the only team in the league that's worse than you is San Jose, and they're averaging a 1.3 goals a game. I mean, they've scored 17 goals. You're, you, that's the only team in the league that you're better than. Yeah. Did you expect waking up today that Jay Woodcroft would still be the coach of the Edmonton Oilers? No. No, I didn't. I, I thought that was it. Yeah. Um, I figured that would be the straw. Now, it doesn't get easier because now they've got some, some tough games coming up. They've got mm-hmm. Seattle tomorrow night in uh, Seattle. So, I, I was a bit surprised. I mean, maybe maybe they're going to give Woodcroft an opportunity to try to to try to coach his way out of this. But Ryan, the more games you lose, and the good thing for them is that the Golden Knights lost a couple games in a row mm-hmm. because they'd be on five points. And if the Golden Knights had gotten points in either of those games, you're not you're 19, maybe 20 points behind the Golden Knights. 13 mm-hmm. games into the season. Yeah, I mean, you you you're not. You're not looking at the Edmonton Oilers right now saying, okay, if they can turn it around, they're going to challenge for the tops in the in the division. I don't believe that's a, a reasonable expectation here. But I don't think that a wild card is out of the you know, out of the out of reach for them. They're gonna have to play at a ridiculous clip to get there for sure, but they're capable of doing that. The question that I have is if you're going to make a move whether it be trying to make a trade for a goaltender, which I, I think would be wise in this in this situation, or you're going to move on from your coach, whatever it might be, every game you play, this void of confidence is pushing the deficit further and further and further. Great observation. <laughs> and if the if the goal if, if if the goal here is to make the playoffs. Right. If the goal here is to get in, see what might happen. If the goal, the stated goal at the beginning of the year by the Edmonton Oilers is Stanley Cup or bust, you if you're Ken Holland, you cannot wait much longer to shake something up. I think you gotta make a you gotta make a move for a goaltender. And I don't know who you're going after. I don't know if it's Linus Olmark. I I don't know if it's Carter Hart. Like I don't know. Oh come on, come on. I mean, look, I, I, I don't. Are you, like, are you being, are you I, being ironic here? No, like, 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 like look, St. Louis is, is still in a rebuild. Okay. You're going to get a good player back. But, like, do, do I mean, you, You're do not you, going to get dry sidle, but, but. No, but do you, do you do that for Ryan? Like, if, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you don't have depth already, are you moving off of Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Jordan Binnington? Yeah. I mean, no. You, you, you said you got to shake things up, right? So, yeah. so you have to gamble a little bit because cool. you're on the verge of things going sour yeah. quick, going south yeah. quick. I mean, yeah. So, look, I I'll be honest. I think if they lose to Seattle tomorrow, I do mm-hmm. think there will be a coaching change very soon in Edmonton. 
Yeah. I'm not rooting for that. I don't root for anyone Neither to lose their job. Like that's like that's that's nonsense. But look, I mean, I I think if if you're if you're in the management there, you've got to do something. You've got to shake things up. Do you think Jay Woodcroft abandons the tweak in the defensive zone of going more into a zone like the Golden Knights had and no, get no, back I, to I, a, I don't. a man-to-man? I don't no? because I think I feel I get the feel just from listening to him speak. Mm-hmm. that he's set in his ways. Yeah. And he believes that his way is the right way and his way is the best way, and it's a matter of execution. You know, sometimes you get coaches like that who, who yeah. hey, look, my players, my system is perfect. It's the players that aren't getting the job done. Right. And, and you mentioned some of the analytical numbers, and maybe to a T, maybe, maybe they aren't getting the job done. But sure. I don't think he moves off of that. That's his, that's his set system, and, you know, I – the players at some point are going to have to start getting the job done. Yeah. What a time to be a Vegas Golden Knight hockey fan, and uh, what a time to be an Edmonton Oiler hockey fan as well. Mike Lee Minden, Hockey Parlay Contest. That is coming up next. We've got three games. You pick the winner in all three games. You are the winner of a $100 payday. It's the Mike Lee Minden Hockey Parlay. That's next. Caller number eight. You're on the horn, and we'll get your games next on the VGK Insider Show.